In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus shares with us two of these parables, two of these stories that are true fiction. It's a made-up story, but that made-up story reveals true facts. It reveals true information that is valuable and that Jesus wanted us to understand. And we're going to look at two of these that are very short, essentially just a sentence long, in Matthew chapter 13, as we guide and move towards Lord's Supper this morning. Jesus makes a comparison between the kingdom of God and finding something of an invaluable nature, something so valuable that it's like treasure. In Matthew 13, this is how Jesus describes that story. He says in verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Now in verse 45, Matthew chapter 13, verse 45, he shares the second story. And the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search for fine pearls. When he found that one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. It is the understanding that the very nature of the kingdom of God is invaluable. This is a treasure. It is something that we would want to experience. It's something that we would gain significant value in our own personal lives when we make that a part of our life. And Jesus is encouraging his disciples and he's encouraging his friends and he's encouraged the people listening to him, look, seek after, find this. And he does it at a very elemental level. We, we understand this. We understand the joy. We understand the excitement. We understand the drive to find treasure. My daughter picked up on this at a really young age. She realized quickly that if she kept constant, vigilant watch over every parking lot, whether we were coming out of a store or coming out of a, um, a, a restaurant someplace, that people inevitably in parking lots will reach into their pockets to get keys or some other device and in the process of doing, leave treasure. At one point, she was so successful at finding treasure in parking lots, I thought about discontinuing her allowance. Her, her, her net worth was matching me at that point in time. She got it. She understood. And it didn't matter what was going on. If we were in a parking lot, her eyes were on that ground. Carrie and I had, uh, we, you know, just, you ever have one of those nights you're just bored, you can't really find anything to do, you don't know what to do, and so you flip on the TV and you start looking through all the different things that are streaming? I don't even remember the name of the show, but it was a fascinating show about these two guys. I think they were out of Georgia or maybe it was Kansas. Not that those two are anywhere near one another. Um, But they were in Montana, which I thought was just absolutely awesome. I still haven't figured out why God didn't call me to Wyoming or Montana. I think I would have fit in real good up there. Um, You know, I've, I've met people and have friends that live on ranches in Wyoming. They haven't invited me to their ranch yet, but it would be more good. And so it's kind of cool. I'm just watching these two guys, two good old boys that drive around in a dually pickup truck in, in Montana, Wyoming, and they're searching old ranches and old ghost towns and, and old abandoned places, just looking for cool stuff that they're going to take back to, I think it was Kansas. They're going to take back to Kansas. And I remember sitting there watching these things with rapt attention, like, what are they going to find today? Now, I mean, I'm several years removed from that experience. Now I don't remember them finding anything that I actually would have wanted. 
But the search was fascinating. I used to dig up as a kid in my, my backyard. I kept thinking, I'm going to find something back here. Now, the difference between a kid growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and a kid growing up in Palestine is they often did find things. And so Jesus' story is very real. It was, it was common pro, uh, procedure. When invading armies would come in, the families would take everything and dig it and literally hide it in their backyard. So the idea of stumbling across some treasure that has been buried and hidden wasn't an unusual idea to Jesus' crowd. And of course, we understand those merchants, the businessmen who's seeking that really great deal, that really great moment where they're going to discover the finest merchandise. In this case, a pearl dealer. Pearls out of the Mediterranean Sea are, are famous and have been throughout centuries and millenniums. And, and he's looking for it. Going to find that right one. Because it's so valuable. It's so significant. And Jesus says to his crowd, he says, look, the kingdom of God is like this treasure. You are either not looking for something that you'll stumble across and find out that it's very valuable, very important, or you are actually intentionally looking for it. Either way, finding and understanding and grasping and becoming a part of possessing and being possessed in this moment with the kingdom of God is worthwhile. It's something to be enthusiastic about. And he describes it not just simply as this treasure or the, the, the priceless pearl, but he describes it as something that is attainable, something that is discoverable, something that is real for us. He describes the first one as a buried, buried in a field and he finds it and he reburies it so he can secure it, which was all legal, all above board in that culture and in that time. He describes it as the kingdom of heaven being like this search for fine pearls and when he finds it, whether you're intentionally looking for the kingdom of God or whether you're not looking for the kingdom of God, it's discoverable. This is for every single one of us. We can know, we can experience, we can participate in the kingdom of God. This treasure God has isn't hidden from us. We may think that sometimes and we may be part of a background or part of even a culture or part of an education system that, that makes it seem like God is elusive. But God wants to be found. God wants to be discovered. I mean, you know that feeling. You guys, I don't know if it still happens, but when we were kids in school, that new girl comes in the classroom and suddenly you feel this impulsive urge to make sure your hair is okay. Feel that kind of impulsive urge, make, make sure my shirt's all right. And you're hoping something inside says, maybe she'll notice me. Jesus takes these common everyday experiences and makes them spiritual application and principle for us. The kingdom of God is worth seeking. The kingdom of God is worth searching for. The kingdom of God can be found. It's, it's not an elusive search and seeking and pilgrimage that will never be fulfilled. Even to the point you might accidentally stumble across it. The first guy, he's just walking in a field. 
and enough erosion has taken place that something's sticking out of the ground and he like almost literally just trips over it. And he recognizes that there's something there and he begins to uncover it and begins to find this great treasure. That's the way it was for me. I had I probably, I, I don't recall ever having any spiritual inclination in my life whatsoever. Got involved in a political campaign on campus at our university. Happened to meet some guys that were Christians. And the whole process began to unfold. And the next thing I know, I am tripping over the treasure of the kingdom of God. It was never a priority. Never a long-term goal. Never even really a real strong thought process. I had another friend about that same period of time. He also had a similar experience about six months after I became a Christian. I had the opportunity to talk to him and help him work through and he became a Christian. But his whole life, he had wanted to find the treasure of a relationship with God. He had gone to church regularly. He had attended church with his parents. He participated in all the educational processes and activities and service in the church. But in the process of seeking, he had found religion. He had found what he thought was satisfying. But then in that moment, when he caught a glimpse of the discoverable kingdom of God and realized what a beautiful, personal, intimate relationship it could be with God, his life was completely revolutionized. And it wasn't about going to church and it wasn't about being in Bible study. It was about knowing Jesus. It was about knowing the kingdom of God and being in that relationship. Two guys totally opposite. One of us trips across the kingdom of God and it changes our life. The other one has sought it and when he found it, it changed his life forever. Just like the merchant searching for that one great pearl just like the man walking in the field finding this treasure. Because the kingdom of God is discoverable. God wants you to know him. He wants us to be in relationship with him. And this is desirable. It's not something to avoid or it's not something to not participate in. In the last part of verse 44 and the last part of verse 46, he describes the man who's tripped across it, the man who's just found it and discovered it accidentally. Then in his joy... He goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. In his joy, in his excitement. This doesn't sound like a begrudging decision. This doesn't sound like something he, he thought about and then decided he may not want to do. It didn't sound like something he felt compelled or forced to do. He had found the treasure. And legally, he could, by purchasing the land, he could obtain that treasure and it could be his. He made the effort, he did what was necessary, and he wanted to do it because he had discovered that great treasure. When the point came in my life that I had understood that the kingdom of God was real and that God heard prayers and that God could be a part of our lives, at that point, nothing else mattered. All I wanted was to be with Jesus and to know Jesus and to live for Jesus and to understand his kingdom. And truthfully, because I stumbled across it, I didn't know the vast majority of it. I, I, I didn't really know even know what to anticipate. I just started praying honestly, God, whatever you want to do, I'm in. I am, I'm all in. If you're real and you're answering my prayers, which you've shown me and made evident to me that you are, then I'm, I'm all in. My buddy in, in college, 
who had sought for it all of his life, when he finally made that decision and he, he realized how discoverable the kingdom of God was and how much Jesus wanted to know him and he, uh, just like I did, confessed his sin, just like I did, asked Jesus to be a part of his life, just like I did, began to do the things necessary to grow, he made the same decision. He said, this is it. This is what I always wanted to do. Both of us were political science majors. Both of us were pre-law students. Both of us had trajectories in those areas. Within a matter of months, we had changed all of that because all we wanted was to be a part of the kingdom of God. We just wanted to serve God any way we possibly can. A couple of years ago, he retired from the ministry. He's been a pastor um, in the Methodist church for the last 40 years. I'm not announcing a retirement, so nobody get your hopes up. I really like being here, and I'm kind of like a big old tick on the back of a calf. I'm just, I am ready to stay forever. So, all right, not the best illustration. We both found something that we loved and wanted to put our whole lives into, and we've done it. And never regretted it. Never looked back. Never stopped and said, why? Why did I put so much energy into the kingdom of God? Why did I give up everything? Why did I sell everything? You know, the truth is, on the other side of this story of Jesus, I have a hard time even describing it as selling everything. I have a hard time as giving up everything because the reality is nothing this world had to offer, nothing would have compared to being with Jesus, knowing Jesus, being a part of his kingdom and serving his kingdom and interacting and being a part of his church and seeing lives changed every week. Being together with us in a moment like this. Being able to worship together, being able to serve together, being able to study together, being able to be in God's presence together. I know that I have people who pray for me and people that are involved in my life. There is nothing that I ever gave up or ever anticipated giving up that I regret. It was a sold out decision that has yielded nothing but blessings and benefits. Jesus doesn't go that far in the story. He doesn't go on to, to tell us what happens. He just, that they go, the first guy who found it and stumbled across it, sold everything he had to make sure he could have it. The next guy, same thing. He somehow secured it momentarily while he made all the arrangements necessary to be able to have that priceless pearl and to, to, to be able to be a part of it. Jesus will go on later, and we'll study that in his stories, in the true fiction of Jesus' stories. Jesus would later talk about counting the cost and looking at the cost and being willing to do anything for the kingdom of God. But there's no regret. You may be with us today, and before we take Lord's Supper, it's important if you're still seeking, if you're still wanting to be in relationship with God, it's important to make that decision and to make that decision now and in a moment like this. Because in just a few minutes and a few songs, we're, we're gonna take the Lord's Supper together. But we're going to do it celebrating being a part of the kingdom of God. If you've never made that decision, 
It is the easiest decision because all you have to do is respond to God's invitation. I'm gonna pray for us, give us an opportunity to do that and I'm gonna encourage you that if you're with somebody today, tell them you've made that decision. If you're not with somebody, feel free to come and share. We're gonna have some worship time. I'm gonna stay right down here. I've got Pastor Steve and Pastor Cody with me this morning. You can come talk to one of us. We'd be happy to. Make the decision. You're in the place where the kingdom of God has been discovered and where it's announced. Make the decision today to believe in and trust in Jesus and discover God's kingdom. You'll never want to look back and you'll never regret it. I can guarantee that. For the rest of us, as we take Lord's Supper this morning, our intention was to remind us of how awesome, just how great it is to be in relationship with God. So we can take Lord's Supper and we can remember as Jesus challenged us to do his resurrection and his life and our forgiveness and just kind of rekindle that fire. Just kind of revisit how exciting it was to meet him, how exciting it's been to know him and how our future is secure because we know him and there's so much more ahead and just be together and be thankful that we've found the kingdom of God. If you never made the decision, I would encourage you to pray like this. Heavenly Father, I have made mistakes and I have committed sins and I'm not sure exactly how all this works out, but I want to believe that you love me and that you want me to be a part of you. So I'm going to, I'm inviting you to come into my life today. Whatever that looks like after this moment, we'll sort it out later. Jesus, I want to follow you today. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to know you. And I'm believing, I'm trusting that as you hear my prayer, you're answering it and you're becoming a part of my life. And I look forward to understanding everything that's a part of knowing you.